If you're someone who's determined to get where you want to go, this is the really exciting part. 99% of the world is just so sloppy and makes such poor decisions around this consistently. You don't have to do too much to be special in your company, in your life, in just not being the same. It's as soon as you feel you've got exactly the same routine as people that don't have what you have, you understand the recipes wrong. You have to start evaluating, do I have what I want and am I on the pathway? Hello friends. Now, good to have you back. For those of you who are new to the listening of our podcast, welcome. We should welcome people, I've decided, Nigel. This doesn't have to be a cold medium. We're in, we're in people's cars, we're in their ears. Welcome. Now, with that being said, hello, Lana, hello, Nigel. <laughs> why are you laughing? It's, we've got to welcome people. But we want to talk today and why you'd be listening to Backable is about top performance. Now, the reason we like the idea of top performance is because with our experience around our management consultancy, which is a performance consultancy, We've seen dramatic changes when people understand what top performance is for themselves. That doesn't mean necessarily that it would be a competition or they could compete at an elite level. It's finding the things in your life that can be optimized, changed, that don't serve you so you can pull out that component, put in a new component around performance and get a completely different result. And why, we, why we're doing this, Lana and, and Nigel, is we've had some dramatic experiences over the last few years with clients completely shifting the way their lives look. And I'm not just talking about flash sports cars, holiday houses, kids going to other schools, restaurants, all that sort of stuff. I'm literally talking about life becomes better because they've decided to see what top performance is in their life. And we were talking about this today, which was what is top performance and the mindset around top performance? Because we generally think it's misconstrued around if you want to start performing at a higher level, it doesn't mean you have to wipe yourself out and change every single aspect. Some of you may, but most people don't do that. Like Who do you compare yourself to? For me, this is what top performance is all about. Do you look at you know, Tom Brady's training routine and think that's what top performance is in fitness. So that's what I have to be. Or do you say, this is what I'm going to do for myself and I'm going to every day be better, do better, lift harder, run faster. And this is where the term top really freaks people out. Top performance. If you just said you have to perform, most people would be fine. It's the word top is that comparison of, well, what are you comparing to? Yeah, and we've had to deal with this a lot in our life personally, not just owning companies ourselves, but as a couple. We are viewed by a lot of people as quite weird or disproportionately not getting life very well because you need to do more of this. That's more balance. You need to do this. You need to not do this. And whilst a lot of that comes from a very loving place around supporters of ours, I'm talking family and friends, it's a comparison of how they like to live their life. And for us, Alana and I, we crave performance and structure and routine. 
And that's taken a few years to get the balance right for us as a couple, but as business owners and actually the things that get us results. Because we find as soon as things start to produce results, we start to like them more. Funny about that, right? But it's important that entrepreneurs listening to this, you may have got into this game starting your business because you wanted to run your own life, build your own life, not have a boss, do all this. So the byproduct of behaving like that in your personal brand around your family, your friends, or even to yourself is, I don't need structure. I don't need routine. I can do whatever I want. I can just go with the flow. When we look at people like that, we're going, "Mm, that's okay at a point as long as you've got people looking after your business. When you do it too early, you're just sloppy and undisciplined. You are unbackable. And so we talk about this, London, we were talking about the tennis players the other day because we'll talk, we'll go into a bit of depth about that because it was a very interesting thing that happened in Australia just before we've been um, recording this podcast. But most top performers crave structure and discipline, don't they? And if they don't get it, they lose their minds because they're there for a reason. They're there to win, whatever win looks like for them. So knowing that to win, you have this structure. And if we go back to the tennis players, they were flown into Australia from other countries. For the Australian Open. For the Australian Open, had to quarantine under Australian law for 14 days. Now, regardless of if you agree or disagree, they were so angry because they weren't able to train. Yeah, and I'll just say it was a cross-section of them because it's not about the tennis players, but there was a certain pocket of them that, that got onto Twitter, basically comparing it to being in jail to throwing out their routine, to now being unfair, that they wouldn't have come. So it was a big deal here down under for those of you who didn't follow it. And it was a big deal because of what, they've come into Melbourne, Australia, Melbourne who had the world's strictest lockdown. For a period. For a period of 121 days, I think. And all people in Melbourne particularly were saying they have to abide by our rules. So that was one side of it. The tennis players who were angry they had their routines and everything that they did to win disrupted for this 14-day period. And that's really taking everything else out of it. That's what it came down to. And what we're talking about here around top performer routines, you could have put tennis players wherever they wanted, but if you took away their routine and you took away, you changed what they were doing to win, that's actually what their discussion was about. And for us, where it comes back to top performer routines, it was very interesting to watch. Yeah, it's fascinating because the average Joe Blow doesn't understand a top performance routine in terms of an elite level in a sport or something like that. And I was particularly lucky enough in my junior years to play in a couple of representative sports in it over a couple of sorry, a couple of representing teams over a few sports. And the jump between just your average local sport to a representative team with world class coaches and support, it's just a different world. And when you go to the really top level, the people who've got there, the ones that are actually making a career out of this, you don't understand that most of these people, since they've been six or seven years old, have had one focus, which was this routine, this is what you need to do, and this is all designed so you can get the best out of yourself to see if you can become the best in the world. Most of us listening to and watching Twitter and listening to the news would think, oh, they're just over pampered athletes making millions of dollars that you know, they, they just need to get some perspective. Now, that's not untrue. 
you do need to get world perspective as just a good global citizen. But if you were to understand where they've come from over the last 10, 15 years, that is their world, which is hotel, structure, discipline, performance, flight, hotel, structure. That's been their whole life. When you put them in an environment, of course they're going to lose it. You know, it's not, they're not used to this of not having that. When you take away everything that was the foundation of their life, it's going to happen. Now, this is not about tennis players because, frankly, as much as, yes, they needed to get some perspective, I totally you know, admire that they're top performers and dedicated their life to one craft on earth. Like, amazing. Have a think about it in our own companies where we also put our employees in positions where it's an environment not conducive to their structure and discipline. Simple things like a job that they're highly valued, their high value system is family, but they can't get home till eight o'clock at night. Now, it's around understanding how do I get top performance firstly out of myself because we've got to get you right. Then how does that go to my business? And then how do I produce that as best I can as a company to allow others to get the best performance out of their work and, and their deliveries. And this is a hard skill, isn't it? I mean, this is, this is everything. This is everything. And it's also, I, it's possibly one of the hardest things to do as a business owner or as a manager or leader, because you have to look at it from someone else's point of view. Because Tim, you don't thrive on feedback, just say. What? You have got an internal feedback. That's just not true. (laughs) (laughs) Nigel got it. (laughs) Nigel found it. Very funny. Um, But just say that as a business owner, you have an employee who thrives on feedback. You have to look at it from their point of view that for them to be a top performer, you have to give feedback. For you to be a top performer, you have to be left alone. And so, when you start to build this team and you start to, you know, it could be a tennis player. It could be an employee in a service business. It could be an employee in a product business, a designer. It could be someone in the warehouse. Looking at it from your point of view will give you more of yourself, which I think most good leaders know they don't want more of themselves. They want people who plug their holes, the people who fill the gaps that they're not great at. And so if you can make that change around top performance from a different point of view, you start to hit all the gaps. So when a new person comes in, there are no gaps left. Absolutely. It's one of the big hiring mistakes is that person who's, oh, they're just like me, red flag. Huge red flag. Not from a values <laughs> point of view, by the way. Don't get me wrong there. It's about bringing in skill sets that complement, as Lana said. But this is the, this is the idea and, and we're about to embark in our, in our performance consultancy on a client-wide 100-day challenge, right? And I'm not big on these challenge type things apart from the fun of them. But the idea of it is how do we mix up the routine to start subbing in and out things that work and don't work for your life? Because that will lead into your business. So right now, let's look at some of the pillars that you, would, you might consider about, am I going okay? How's your health look at the moment? Literally, how does your health look? And now for all of those who went straight away to the things that stop them doing the stuff that help, you've got a problem. You just do. Or just accept that you're not got your health at a high performance. I'm not talking about sickness. I'm not talking about things that people are battling. Don't get me absolutely wrong. Don't. We need to, when we're talking like this, is not put on the stupid hat. 
okay? Because there's always circumstances where people are going through really tough times. But what is your, I, I like to think every decade, I like to redesign my body for what the next decade needs. And at the moment, I'm carrying a little bit more muscle. <laughs> okay. I call it muscle because I'm a positive guy, but for what I want the next decade to be because I'm 40 years old last year, the next year I need to be leaner. When I'm 50, I'm playing some sports now that are going to require me to be a bit leaner, so I'm taking up golf and a few things like that. I don't need to be the sort of more muscle. I need to be strong, agile, and have more energy. So how is my fitness need to change my routine? Do I need to change the things I'm doing? Do I need to change the way I eat? Do I need to change the way I might need to stretch? Do I need to change whatever it is to give me what I need for the next decade for what I think I want my body to do? Most people are doing the same routine for when they were fit when they were 18. So they've had a period of being unfit and go, remember when we used to train like that? Yeah, we should do that again. No, you shouldn't. You're not that person anymore. You need to work out what your body needs now. But that's a key pillar, right, Mona, which is how do you view your health? The second one, how do we view our relationships? What are the things that work, that don't work, that we need? How do we view our business? What are the things that work or don't work? So if you've been running for a business for a long time and you're not where you want to go, why? And this is a big one for us always, isn't it, Lana, which is it doesn't mean it won't get there, but how do we get there faster? And top performers and high performers, it's really easy to take it back to sport. And whenever there's an excuse in the way, I always go back to the football players, the Tom Brady's and the Brendan Favola's and all these guys who before and after training would go and do their own training. And it's this quintessential idea of a top performing athlete knows what it takes to be the best and they do it outside the team structure and inside the team structure. Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know what the hell Lana's is talking about, they're local <laughs> sports stars in Australia. But for the ones that you might see internationally, you would see some of the best soccer players in the world or football players, some of the best NFL, some of the best basketball players. They routinely talk about the stuff they do outside what is the most professional environments in the world, yet they still need to do their own thing in order to outperform the best environments in the world. And it's outperformance is one part of it, but also it's for them to be the best. And they, most of them believe they are the best and they don't take excuses of, well, I've done that at training, so that's good enough. That's all I need to do. They say, I believe I can be the best. I believe I am the best. So I'm going to do more because that's just who I am. When we're talking about high performance, this will be the switch that you make, which is when you're new and you're getting into discipline. So we think of, of high performance initially as the stages of I'm just going to be, I'm going to have a routine and be disciplined. And people think that's their high performance. It is the first step. And then we celebrate being disciplined and being able to repeat that. Then you get to a point where you say, well, that's fine. I've got the discipline right, but do I have the results? Now, if you've got the discipline and don't have the results, your strategy's wrong. What's not happening? High performance and these guys that talk about it, they're not trying to have the best routine. They adapt their routine to make sure they get the best results. That's where most people fall down in amateur hour, which is, but I'm doing all the right things. No, you're not because you're not producing the results. What you're doing is what makes you comfortable. And this is when you're particularly growing your companies. 
you have to keep asking yourself, is the routine just need time to marinate or compound the effort or is it wrong? And if we bring it back again into the workplace, I know there was a, and I hope it's an older idea, but staying later at the office meant that you were better, that you would get promoted. And this is obviously before COVID. It did start to change because there was less acceptance of hard work is not being at the office till nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night. It's actually based on outcomes. And so top performing businesses started to actually measure outcomes. And it's not about the guy who says the most. It's not about the woman who's there the longest. It's about who actually time after time on their accounts, in their business, in the product that they're building, gets that result and never drops the ball. And it's an interesting mindset shift for an older generation, which is it's not just about being there. And the mindset shift for the younger generation is you actually have to achieve. This is not merit and yeah. you get a promotion because you've been there for 12 months, just say. No, millennials, you've been there for three days, time for a promotion. As a millennial, I'm only yes. joking. We love <laughs> millennials. They're the best workers we've have ever had. <laughs> ever. Um, but it is both sides of the equation need to almost come together to say you have to let some things go, but you also have to raise your focus on certain other levels. and. It is the output. It is what actually, sorry, it is the result. What are you getting from this that makes your routine work? Results are everything at the end of the day. And this is the performance mindset that needs to shift. And this is where most don't get it. Let me give you the exciting part. If you're someone who's determined to get where you want to go, this is the really exciting part. And particularly for me, 99% of the world is just so sloppy and make such poor decisions around this consistently. And when you get to see it and you get to work with a lot of people around it, you realize how prevalent it is. You don't have to do too much to be special in your company, in your life, in just not being the same. It's as soon as you feel you've got exactly the same routine as people that don't have what you have, you understand the recipe's wrong. Now, I'm not saying Alana and I have got it right, by the way. We're just doing what feels right at the moment for us. But you have to start evaluating, do I have what I want and am I on the pathway? So if you hate your job, for those of you who are listening and that might work for someone, great. What skills do you need in order to get the job you want? If you hate your business right now, great. What is the business you're running? Who do you want to work for? And let's be honest, why don't you have those clients? Because most people want a type of client, but there is no way that sort of client would work with you right now. It's the same way we have with friends over the years when you're trying to find someone who they, they want to date. I really want someone who's fit and funny. You, go, you don't go to the gym and you never have a laugh. Why would, you, why would that attract what you want? You have to become what you want to attract. You have to be right in that energy. So performance or you want to be around high performance you need to create high performance, but that's what it is for you because not everyone wants to be at the elite level of competition, but you might just want to be the best business in your suburb. And it's coming back to my initial point of high performance or top performance is what it means to you. If you're comparing to the best in the world, it's a great benchmark, but you're setting yourself up for failure. Along the way, find something that's accessible but aspirational, and that's what you build up to. 
And then when you hit that, then you keep moving it. But it is this idea of don't bite off more than you can chew. Yeah, I think particularly when you evaluate it, look at where you really sit in your life right now. Are you in the top 20% of whatever you're doing? Because the top 20% shouldn't be that difficult. Now, if you're in the process of getting there, no problem. But really, if you're in something and you don't have an ambition to be the top 20%, should you really be doing that? I mean, do you have a love of it enough? Maybe you should just go and work for a company that's doing what you're doing that is in the top 20%. You'll probably enjoy it and make more because we're in a game that is competitive, which is everyone can start a business. Everyone can start something that you're probably running quite easily. So you've got to really want to be good at it. You really want to dedicate your life to being good at that. If that's not for you, evaluate why that is. It might just be you don't like the role you're playing in your company. That's okay. We all go through stages like that. But there has to be some sort of ambition to, first of all, make the money that's going to give you the life you want. So a lot of people who get scared around this decide that, oh, money's not important to me. Great. Go get a job then. Oh, no, but I love the freedom. Great. You're taking a huge risk to not make enough money. Do both. It's not going to be more work. It's going to be more discipline, more focus, more ambition around doing things that should work so you can get not only the life you want, but the remuneration against the risk of running a business. But you must start putting in the routines that will get you into that top 20%. When you start to make really great money, you'll be in the top 10% of whatever your business is. And that's the key. When you get down to it, we, we do get affected by those around us and their opinions on us and what we're doing and what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. But I know that you brought this up with me, I think it was two or three weeks ago now. You showed me an article to get my opinion about boxing and you're, you were trying to gauge how far I thought it went or didn't go. Yep. It was, it was around a fighter where he was – very much outmatched, and he was getting bashed in a boxing um, in a boxing event, and there was a lot of criticism because the guy eventually got knocked out, and there was a hell of a lot of criticism from his corner for not throwing the towel in. And the, for those of you not familiar with boxing terms, your corner, who is your supporter, your trainer, they're the people that you know you see them with the spit buckets and the sponges in the between each round, making sure that. The fighter's okay. That's their training team. They have the ability to stop the fight by throwing in a towel. That's the the significance of that is the stop. It ends, you've stopped. Now, this guy got bashed and it was brutal. And the criticism was you shouldn't be able to trust your training team. You shouldn't have that sort of training team. These people are negligent. They don't understand. And I wanted Alana's opinion because I remember this and I was, I was in two minds about how I was feeling about it because, first of all, we don't want anyone to get hurt ever, okay? So, this boxer, is, he's recovered, but he's took a beating. The second thing is when you get into a boxing ring, in my opinion, the people there are training their whole life, that period of their life, 12 to 16 weeks, to be the very best they can in that moment for that fight. And I remember when I was in the training for it myself, you sleep every night knowing there's someone within 
50 kilometers of you training the hardest they can in their life to knock you out in 16 weeks. So it's easy to get up and go for a run. It's easy to get to training, right? Because it's this whole thing. Now, the difficulty when your team doesn't throw the white towel in or the towel in is, and the question Lana and I spoke about was, would you trust your team if they would? If there's any instance in their life where they believe you couldn't win. So for me, I was saying, Alana, I'm not sure if I could deal with that. I think I'd prefer to be knocked out. And I'm not trying to, you know, for those of you listening that might have medical backgrounds, I'm not trying to (laughs) endorse brain damage. But from a mindset point of view, most of us who have never been in that environment don't understand what it is to fully commit to something whatever it takes, because we've never had that in any aspect of our life. We think we have, but really we haven't. So if you really cared about your health, have a look at yourself right now. Is that someone who really cares about their health or are you sloppy in areas? You know what I mean? You just wouldn't. You'd be organic everything. You'd be exercising. We would all look like gods. Not, not muscles, just health. And we all think, oh, I'm pretty fit. No, you're not. You're just at the level in which you can accept in your life. It's the same in your business. When you look around, we run a pretty good business compared to what? And is that really what you want? Now, for me and Lana, we were talking about that, is where is that line of when you've fully committed to something? Because it triggered for us. Are we really fully committed or we just think we're fully committed? And on a past podcast, we mentioned when we were selling one of the businesses that I lost my mind a little bit. Um, (laughs) And... I still remember the day after it all ended, finished, and I woke up for the first time with such a relief and it took me probably about five or six weeks to really recover from it because I had put everything into this, but not one person told me to stop. And so looking at this, I would have definitely thrown in the towel in boxing because not my thing. But when it came to business, my team around me, family, friends, not one of them said stop. And that's- Many of them came to me and said, <laughs> you should speak to Lana. I'm like, no, nah, that's not really, I'm it's, silly. It's not happening. Not happening. Um, <laughs> Nigel came to me and said, the one thing that needs to come out of this is you can't stop trusting people and being yourself. So that was his way of saying, are you okay? <laughs> but that's what you have to start to find is for your business, for your goal, what is the thing that you will not stop at? Yeah, it's and most of us don't have that, or I'm saying most of us because I would like to say we consciously now address this. But honestly, what is a non-negotiable in your life right now? What's that thing that you genuinely care about beyond? Just it's a non-negotiable. And what does non-negotiable mean? It might be a family member, it might be a relationship, but what is your level of non-negotiation? Mm. Most people just think they're going okay because they can find a reference point for someone doing it the same. And this is where it gets a little bit scary because it's around the people we hang around with, the environments we're in, who we listen to, what, what are our value system. But literally, if you just said, I had, no, I had no reference point for what going well is, I just didn't. I had none of the society. I had nothing. I had no reference points. I was rebuilding from today. What would be top performance in an area that you care about? Not what your business is now, 
if you started again today and you said, this is, the, this is how I'd love my business to be. And if there are any changes in your business or your life or your relationships, you've got air in your lungs. There is no white towel. Jump up. Do something different. Change it. Throw a spanner in the works. Get what you want. Don't settle for what's not right. And it is extremely scary to make some of those decisions. Lana and I have got a couple of them happening at the moment and it rips your soul out. It is difficult. It is scary. It is, it's a risk, all these different things, but that's actually the game we're in. And this is when you look back at top performers. What do you think their whole structure is built around them for? To take away all the scariness, just let them perform. Everyone else shields them from reality. So when I think about the tennis players, I better understand it doesn't make sense to me because I haven't been shielded from the scary stuff that happens. I haven't had one thing to concentrate on my whole life and everything else when it's taken away from me. It is scary. It does throw you out. And what we can take from that is rather than judge people around how they react when they're thrown in an environment that shatters their structure we ask ourselves where have we allowed a structure that doesn't serve us and how fast can i address it so i can get the business and life that i really want lana nigel let's do it all again next week see ya Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks for listening. And of course, if you head on over to backable.ai, you can access all the downloadables we've put together. Now, if you want to stay up to date with all things Backable and Philodomo, then make sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on one or all of the platforms you can find in the show description below. As always, if you have enjoyed this week's podcast, please don't forget to like, subscribe and leave a review. That's all from us for now. Have a great week and we look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye.